I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computer computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. Yes, and good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I am Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnon. He's one of the employee owners at Tab Computers. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We have two lines open. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And just to kind of add a little bit to the last caller before the, before the news break, something we've talked about in the past with Microsoft and finishing. In the words of Ed, Cousin Ed, Microsoft is kind of like a Mississippi leg, leg hound. You just best let him finish when he lays into you. That's, what my, that, that's just think of Microsoft <laughs> when you think of that. Um, so that poor caller is going to have to let it finish updating to a Windows 11, and then he's going to roll it all back to 10. Right, and then, he he's gonna, and then he's going to have to block Windows 11 again. Crazy. Yep. All right, let's go to your calls. We're going to go to Wallingford and Bill next. What's happening, Bill? Good morning. Morning. Um, I've been a, uh, a long, long time listener like Dennis from Simsbury earlier. Nice. And uh, first time caller, though, and I have a very simple question, and it really is. Okay. All right, good. That's what they all say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've answered this question. You've answered this question before, but I'm looking for your latest information. All I have right. a neighbor who has a 10 year old computer and is looking to me, because I'm the geek in the neighborhood, uh, lo- looking to me to uh, help buy a new one. Okay. I'm looking for what your recommendations are for CPU, uh, hard drive, and RAM, your current recommendations. Okay. So for basic general use, um, it'd be an 11th gen i5 processor, Intel processor, mm-hmm. um, at whatever speed gigahertz you can get, the faster the better, because uh, there's choices yes. there. 16 gigs of RAM minimum, yep. and uh, a, at least a 500 gig solid state hard drive, whether it's M.2 or... SATA, whatever you whatever you get, those are the basic specs. Now, video, you know, most of the motherboards these days is going to have plenty of general video processing power. Yeah, a, a lot of the integrated video is actually very very good now. Yeah. yeah, and trying to get a separate card these days, thanks to the ding dong Bitcoin miners, is harder. So if they're not doing high end graphics, that's the box. And then for additional storage, if you think that she needs it, um, you can always buy a, a one terabyte solid state or a secondary, more spinny drive, we, as we call them, the old style drive. That can be yep. as a scratch disk, you know, something that you would put your data on um, if she's got something that she needs to move data around with. Okay. This is this is primarily for surfing the Internet. I, I know she does work with pictures, but not, you know, like uh, to, to put in a museum or anything like right. that. 
Um, so uh, I think what you've given me uh, will fit her needs. I'm going to see what she's got for a hard drive right now and, and how much space she has, mm-hmm. and I'll recommend one way or the other uh, as far as solid state, yeah. uh, how big it should be. She'll spend about a grand or so, and again, yeah. her last machine lasted her a decade. Yeah. Right. So if she spends too little, right, because you can find the spec I just gave you for $400. Why is it four hundred dollars? Well, it's probably a second generation processor i five, right? They play around. Heck, we're still seeing Pentiums out there for crying out loud. I don't even know why. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. So be careful. Get a good current generation CPU. Eleventh um, gen would be the one that would tell you to consider because it's it's reasonable. Um, they do have even further generations that are coming out, but um, you should be fine there. All right. I think that answers my question. I thank you very much. I'm going to continue listening. All right, Bill. <laughs> and uh, thanks, thanks again. Our pleasure. Yep. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's continue on to Nathan in New Hartford. What's happening, Nate? You there, Nate? Uh-oh. Nathan, you there? Oh, we lost him. Let's move on to... Al and Basra next. What's happening now? Hey, um, I I have a kind of a strange problem, and I usually consider myself pretty handy with solving this. But during the COVID, we had to uh, change wireless routers with uh, Charter or Spectrum or whatever they are these yep. days yep. Uh, to, to 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 handle the increased uh, amount of activity. And ever since that router was put in, and we've now swung back to the the original one, uh, we've lost the wireless capability of, of printing uh, to a, a printer. You yeah. have to go direct connect to it because it shows up that HP printer. It's a I think a twelve seventeen. I'm I'm driving, so I That's apologize. Okay. I don't have it in front of me. That's all right. And uh, you know, it just can't. HP wasn't able to help. Uh, Charter says it's not their problem. You know, um, okay. and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the heck do I do? Okay, so this is a common issue. Um, it's a DHCP IP addressing issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's kind of easy to fix. You just got to understand DHCP a little bit. Basically, every device in your home is going to get an IP address, whether it be your phone, your your smart switches, whatever it is, it's on your network. It's getting the IP address from the router, and your printer is too. And if you've okay. set, if you haven't set that printer to be a statically assigned IP address, it's going to get a different address all the time, and your computers are going to say, "Wait a minute, I thought the, I saw the printer over at one nine two one six eight one dot four yesterday, yeah. but I don't see it there anymore." And it's because the printer got a new IP address from the DHCP server, putting it at 192.168.1.38. So you got to set the IP address on the printer first to be a static number you pick. Generally, it's you. you, Let's just say you're going to pick ten, and then you're going to go to your DHCP server in the router. This is where you may or may not have control over this with with Charter. If it's not your router, you have to set a reservation. It's not your router. No. Okay, so it's theirs. Yeah. So, so just because you tell the printer you want it to be at ten doesn't mean the server is going to give it that. Right. So you got to reserve oh. the DHCP address. So you got to say to the router normally, "Hey, don't give any IP addresses out um, under ten, right? Because if that that way everything will be given out beyond ten, and that means your 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 printer can exist. If the DHCP server gives out 
uh, 192.168.10 address to your wife's phone, well, the printer's going to say, uh, there's an IP conflict here and nobody's going to get on. Right. So what you need to consider is buying your own router and just getting a modem from Spectrum. And then you have this control. Then you can configure things like D, uh, open DNS and all sorts of great stuff. I see. Is there a way for me to establish uh, in the printer a IP address? Yes. There, there is. Okay. You, you can tell the printer what you want it to be. Right. But, but the, right. the DHCP the, the server. The problem is whatever else is on the network and what numbers are being given out by your DHCP server. Just telling it is half the battle. But if the DHCP server is handing out the same address to something else because you haven't set a reservation, then it'll have this issue. And you're, you're constantly going to be trying to find where your printer is. Like It's like, where's Waldo on your network? It's where's your printer? Because it's banging around getting a different IP address every time. Okay. And, and you know, it's funny, the charter techs that have come over because we've asked them to, uh, they all said it's not our problem. Like I know. they had no idea. Oh, tr- you, trust you us. Seem to, yeah, you We're... seem to pick up on it right away. And it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. I used to, when I was working many, many years ago, yeah, I was a lot more familiar with those uh, IP addresses, the octet. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's crazy that they didn't know that and yes. what has nothing to do with it. Correct. The the problem we're having, even in finding good technicians, is we ask them some basic questions like this and you would not believe what they don't know. Guys that have been working for, you know, a big big uh, insurance company's help desk for seven years, all they've been doing is resetting passwords. And that doesn't get you much experience into networking and all sorts of things that they need to see. And these big companies, they talk about education like they care, but they're not getting their people exposed to the areas of technology that everyone needs them to be exposed to. Big companies, small companies, nobody is. Um, So, And then you look at Charter, the guy's like, well, the cable works. He doesn't know how the network works. He he well, he, he's, yeah, he puts some device on and says, "Oh, you're communicating." Right. You know, I mean, it's, traffic is good. Right. And you say, oh, "Okay, uh, you know," but it failed after you replaced that 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 wireless router. Right. And they shrug, and that's it. Right. They don't think so, about the next steps. What were you going to say, Dennis? Well, I was going to say you. What you may be able to do is to call Charter or Spectrum, wherever they are. I, yeah. I have them, and and I keep calling them by the wrong name all the time. Sorry. Anyway, you may be able to call them, and someone on you know that you call in their call center may be able to go in and configure a DHCP reservation for you. I don't know if you ask for it. I've never, I've never had to do it. Right. But they may be able to remotely go in and put that in for you. Right. And that might be something you can do. And the t- charter tech who's on site may not actually have the tools to do that for you because he doesn't have access to that router. Router, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to come up with something that might help you. Networking well, is hard, well, Al. Yeah. You, you have been very helpful. All he's told us is that you have 20-some-odd devices using this wireless router in the house, which I believe. Yeah. The daughters and yeah. you know everybody's doing something. So what? Uh, but but that he had no idea. Right. None. 
whatsoever. He was trying to he was trying to angle down bandwidth by saying you have twenty devices. Who cares? That's how the cable companies sell you more stuff that you don't need. Uh, you know what, Al? It yeah. could be that that twenty first device, that printer, really means you need to upgrade from our hundred megabit uh, service to our gigabit service because when you did that, that should solve it. It doesn't, by the way. This issue is not a bandwidth issue. No, this is a IP addressing issue. Right, and it, it didn't correct itself when they went back to the original style writer, the smaller pipe. Uh, right, the router, the, that router is again was you got lucky, and the IP address was known by your computers and the printer and the DHCP server didn't hand something out that conflicted, so you were good. You got lucky, but the moment that the new addresses were handed out, that you lost your your network. To that, to that well, I want to thank you guys. I yeah. do listen whenever I have the opportunity on on Saturday mornings and I'm driving somewhere, and it's a great show. And Thanks. I've always enjoyed it. You run it well. Well, we do our best. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you again. Yeah, you got it, sir. Yeah, bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. So I'll tell you a quick other story before we have to go to break. Tom's probably chomping the bit. I was at a, uh, a prospect on Thursday, I think it was, large veterinarian company, and, you know, they're looking to make a change in their IT. And uh, half their machines aren't getting IP addresses. And their current IT provider doesn't understand this either. So, and they've been using this current IT provider for like half a decade. And oh. I'm like, I'm like I, te- I was plugging in on one of our phones because I do a demo for the phone system. And it's not getting IP address either. I'm like, this is a DHCP issue. Just call them up and tell them you're having a DHCP issue. They had guys out there banging around their network, literally pulled access points off the ceiling. I'm like, it's not the problem. <laughs> it's a DHCP oh. issue. That's uh, the basics. Not that I'm some sort of genius for crying out loud, but it's just, this is basics, man. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Nate's back. Frank, this is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We're going to get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this rainy Saturday morning. We're going to go to to Nate first out there and uh, see what we can do for Nate. You back, Nate? We lost you earlier. Hello. Hey there. What can we do for you, sir? Um. So my Google Chrome isn't like it'll say it's upgrading, but then it's really not. All right. Let me a little more information on that. So you're getting a note that it's upgrading, but... Well, like, not a note, but it'll... So certain websites, I've had Acer Chromebook... And I'll go on here, and it'll be like, this website is updating. And then I will go, it'll say, like, this Google Chrome needs to update. And I will go to my Google Chrome, and it'll say, your version's up to date. And so I'll, like, restart the thing, and long behold, I'm still, um, it's still not updating, so it's restricting my website, and it's really starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> you sound like us every day. Uh, what I think is going on is you've got two different things that have similar names. Your your operating system is Chromium, mm-hmm. and your browser is Chrome. Now, when you're being told that your that Chrome is up to date, it may be that Chrome app is up to date. But the Chromebook operating system still needs to be updated. I don't. I'm kind of guessing that that's what the situation is here. Yeah. And okay. I'm on the uh, Acer website, and it looks like they have a page about how to force um, 
actually Google does, on how to force the operating system to update. And you might have to take those steps to make that finish. It should work. If that's not the issue, then it could be the the site you're going to is maybe got its own issues that you can't fix. Because if your Chromebook is up to date and the Chrome browser is up to date, it's not you. You know, yeah, it's them. This computer is also, I, they don't even make this model anymore, so it's older, so I'm not sure. Uh, it, it uh, you may like, be, you know what, I wonder, I wonder if uh, what's going on here is... Google watched Apple. Something something knows that uh, your Chromebook needs to be updated, mm. but your Chromebook itself is too old to load the next Chromebook exactly. operating system update. All right. So is this a school laptop or is this yours, Nate? Um, it's my personal laptop. It's, I, mean, it, I mean, it works yep. well. Up Everything it. else except just certain sites I'll click on, and it'll be like, okay. you can't view the site. So then you can always try a different browser, right? So you can try the Brave browser. Um, Brave? Brave, yep. It's got a lion face. Um, very, very fast. Uh, you could try Firefox. It's basically a little, instead of the beach ball, which is what you're using, you're gonna, you can use the fox that's kind of wrapped around the planet. You can use Brave, which is a lion face. So we'll put a link up there for you. Um, I have tried Firefox, actually, mm-hmm. and it doesn't download. It's saying, like, the page, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the page that you need to get to to, like, download Firefox, mm-hmm. it says your browser's too outdated to view this page. So I can't even... Catch 22. Yeah, yeah. Catch twenty two here. That's what I think you're you caught in here. Well, go. Can you go to the Play Store? You should be able to go to the Google Play Store, right? And get it I that way. That's. I think it's. You can't. I had a different Chromebook, and mm-hmm. I could go on the Play Store, and then I'm using this one, and this is now I. I don't have the other Chromebook, but this Chromebook is the. Um, it doesn't even have Play Store. I look hmm. and. I'll go to the Play Store website, and it'll be like, are you trying to download apps for this device? Because Google Play isn't compatible. Wow. So they really have, brick- oh, so they have bricked yeah, your system. They've, yeah. Oh, That's holy too bad. mackerel. It's very much the way Apple works, right? Oh. When, your system, when your Apple devices get too old, they kind of force this obsolescence. So, I don't know. You've they gotta, don't let you update Yeah, they don't let you update it because they say it's not compatible, which is all baloney i think but it is the case here yet you're stuck with this problem so you have two choices get a new chromebook and stick with the evil folks that did this to you um or go to microsoft the new evil folks that will do other things to you (laughs) um there's really no difference between the evil uh but in this case i think that chromebook is done um because it's not allowing you the update so i'm sorry nate i have no way to work around that so chrome os black it's where, you know, you can download the operating system onto your hard drive mm-hmm. and plug it into any old Microsoft Ooh. or um, computer like that. There you go. So could you do, like, a Chrome, like, a does Microsoft have their own version of, like, a Chrome OS Flex mm-hmm. type thing, or is that? No, but your well, idea is a good one. Can we put you on hold? We have a break. Can we put you on hold, Nate? Yeah. All right, put you on hold. We're going to see. We try, try to go down that path. We'll be right back. 
Okay, we are back, and we are really excited to have uh, a Ute on the line, Nate. <laughs> hey, Nate, you there still? Hello. Hey, you're, um, you're you're kicking butt because we did some research, and your idea is awesome. Yes. Um, do you need a job? <laughs> We're hiring. Um, so basically, your idea, much to Google's chagrin, might work. Um, you can use the OS Flex OS, and we put a link up there from uh, some articles talking to you about how to do that. So you're going to basically circumvent what they're doing with their onboard OS and then use the OS Flex OS to okay. actually make it work. And I love your idea. It's a brand new technology. Both of yeah, us didn't even hear it. just came out like a month ago, too. So we didn't even know. So. Yeah, I had seen and like, I was just searching up like the newest version and of Chrome OS, and it had came up as Chrome OS Flex, and I was like, yep. so I can, and then, so I would have to take a different computer, download Flex, and then right. just yeah. the USB drive into my Chromebook, and that and would be... And tell the Chromebook to boot off the USB drive, if that's possible. I think it is. Uh, yeah, so, I would think so. Yeah, you've got something, kid. Yeah, a bright future. We're excited for you. Give it a shot. Let us know how, how it worked out, okay? All right. Thank you so much. Have a great morning, Connecticut. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. All right. The Utes have some future. I love it. That's uh, great. That is great. So we put a link up there. Nate's going to go ahead and use Google's own tool against them to bring back a bricked oh, end of that's life. A, that's how you stick it to the man, yeah, right? Man. <laughs> you go, Nate. You go. Let's go on to uh, Frank and Cromwell next. What's happening, Frank? Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm looking to buy a new uh, LG Graham uh, Windows 11 laptop, and I've read articles about things you should do before you start the uh, computer up uh, to maintain the current status of the machine and, and, and for use later on down the road, and I was wondering if you recommend any of these uh, types of activities. I'm sure what you mean exactly. What, what, is this I don't, a, you said I'm not an, sure what steps are being suggested to you. Yeah, I mean, praying they, usually they, is what I start with. <laughs> But, yeah. I say a little uh, prayer. I read an article about using a, a software package that will, uh, uh, I guess, uh, take a snapshot of the computer the way it sits originally, and then use it later on down the road if things get really oh, slow. A recovery. Oh, a, re a recovery. Okay. You don't, I mean, you can buy software that will do that for you or even get it third party for free, but... Any computer you get is going to come built in with a recovery assistant of some kind, depending on the brand. It can go by different names, um, but it'll have a utility that will let you create exactly what you're looking for, something that will get you back to the factory state. Mm -hmm. um, and don't need to buy anything. Right. You don't need to buy any software or even download it. It should come with it built in. Uh, the only thing you're going to need is a USB stick that's large enough to hold that data. And the wizard that runs will typically tell you how big it needs to be. Okay. Other than the normal instructions, is there anything else you'd recommend doing the first time you fire one up? Well, yes. We're going to want you to configure OpenDNS to make sure you're surfing safely. Okay. I've done that on my old one. Yep. All right. And then we used to recommend WebRoot as an AV. You, you can purchase it if you'd like. But the the Windows Defender has done pretty well. Yeah. So it's okay, that, that's what I've used on my old one. So okay. Yeah. Great. All right. You're Thank good... you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
All right, moving on. We're going to go on to Antoinette in Fairfield. What's happening, Antoinette? Yes, it's me again. I have a question. Sure. My emails, I have a couple of emails I use for different purposes, but I think what's about a week and a half ago, Microsoft did an update or Dell did an update on the computer, but it seems like the emails keep signing out when I have not signed out to them. Right. You were talking, I recall, that you were using browser-based email, right? Yes, Google. Yeah, and and they're Mm -hmm. signing you out. It's probably a security feature, Antoinette. I I looked at that. You did? Yes, my son directed me right away to go to security, and I'm not seeing anything where I'm having the emails to automatically sign out. Hmm. What service is signing you out? Is it... Yahoo? Is it Hotmail? Is it no Gmail? Gmail. Gmail is signing you out. Gmail, yes. Hmm. Gmail is signing me out. Looking, Dennis is looking that up. Well, I'm trying to find out some information about it, but I did come across an article on Google's own tech support mm-hmm. that talks about how to stay signed in, and okay. it has a couple of different suggestions. It also talks about how to stay signed out if you wanted to be sure that you were always logged out unless you're actively working on it. But it's in the same article, um, and, and you it's do, got a couple of it's got a couple of suggestions of what you can do about that. So we'll give you those. But our advice would be not to stay signed in, right? Because I mean, security reasons. Yeah, it's security. It's actually trying to help you. Yeah, it's kind of inconvenient. You got to keep going to the login screen and put in the password. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is to your benefit. It really is. All right. And turn on two-factor authentication. Have you done that? Did your son help you with that? I have that for um, two of the emails. The other, um, I wasn't concerned about you know that because okay. I don't get the sensitive information sent there. Okay. Um, you know, newsletters and things I'm signing out and or checking up on, but two of them I definitely have the two-factor Good. Um, identification for All right. security, banking, you know, certain things. Yeah, we'll yeah. send we'll Okay, send so that. you say it's actually a safety factor. It really is. Leaving things signed in all the time is a bad idea. It's a big security no-no. Okay, because the reason why I asked is Google and the Yahoo, like YouTube, when I go for certain YouTubes and I have things subscribed to, mm-hmm. I have to keep signing back in if I'm watching something or whatnot in the middle. And right. that's why I was a little concerned. Okay, so it is a safety factor. Yeah, it that's is. But we'll, okay. we'll give you some tools so you can do that. Just, just be aware of it. Keep it in mind that it's a safety thing. Okay, thank you so much. All right, Antoinette, our pleasure. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, yeah, don't leave yourself logged in. It's not a good idea. Um, wanted to bring up some stuff while we wait for your calls. We've got four lines wide open, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. AMD, they've confirmed there's a performance problem with some of its Zen family processors and Microsoft's operating systems. Reports of stuttering performance under Windows 10 and 11 on some Ryzen systems have been rumbling for a while now, and it appears the problem is lurking within the firmware of the trusted the TPM module, which is added to security, of course. Oh, T- it's the TPM. Mm-hmm. On the uh, Ryzen. On, on the Ryzen yeah. processor. TPM was inf- uh, infamously made a requirement 
um, for Windows 11, uh, although Windows 10 and recent editions of server. Um, so AMD's got you know issues. They're trying to fix this. They think they can fix their performance issue. Um, good luck um, when it's on the, on the chip. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, all they can do is implement a software workaround or firmware workaround. It's a firmware update. According to AMD, it's a firmware update. The processor designer has handled the scheduling of this. So we'll see how this works. Uh, the updates could start showing up in May of 2022. So up could. until then, you're going to deal with stuttering and freezing. Now, I'm not saying this because it give AMD a hard time. We have the same problems with Intel sometimes, right? But uh, True. This is just a typical AMD scenario here. So we'll put a link up here for you on this story so you can read it for yourself if you're having issues with your AMD-based system. Did you want to bring up anything, Dennis, while we I wait for did. calls? I um, did. Folks out there may have been aware that NVIDIA was hacked a couple weeks ago. Um, and they actually struck back at the hackers, apparently, although it, the details of that are not too clear. Um, and the hackers uh, responded by demanding that they uh, change settings on their chips to make Bitcoin mining easier. So right. there's kind of a there's a kind of a battle going on here. Now, um, one of the things that's going to end up causing a lot of havoc is the fact that the um, the certificates that are used to sign the NVIDIA drivers. Um, that certificate has now been compromised and other hackers can incorporate that certificate into their own software and it will be detected by Windows as a valid certificate for a driver installation. Ugh. And driver installations, as you know, are very deep in the operating system. Mm -hmm. So they can basically take over the whole machine. So these are authorized drivers right. by the bad guys. Right. <laughs> and they're authorized because they stole the certificates. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Microsoft is going to put out an update that will revoke that. Nice. But we live in a world where not everybody's computer is completely up to date. And why is that? Because Microsoft's updating processes are not all that good and people don't always want to install them. Right. So you've got a massive, massive vulnerability out there that's going to hit yeah. trillions of Windows computers but, around the world But now. leverage because of cryptocurrency mining. Right. Thank you, guys. Stop allowing cryptocurrency to be a thing, and this wouldn't be a thing. There'll be other things, don't get me wrong, but we'll have one less thing. <laughs> Just all I'm asking is for one less thing. Um, I was reading uh, about uh, Krebs. Brian Krebs had a great story about the Conti and uh, Revol bad guys over there in Russia, and uh, there was a, a Ukrainian that was part of the gang that released all sorts of great information about how these guys operate. And uh, it's really a great read. If you go to Brian Krebs, Krebs on Security, you can read. It's a three-part series of, of Brian breaking it down and having you understand how it works. But one of the things that struck me um, was that the bad guys, the, these ransomware guys, were using a freely available tool, some sort of financial tool. I don't know off the top of my head. I apologize. This is just top of mind I wanted to bring up to you guys. But they were using this tool to go ahead and see if their targets were fully insured. You know, how much, how much insurance coverage did they have? So that, of course, if it was a nice, juicy 2 million cyber insurance policy, guess what? They're going to target you. 
Right, and they're gonna they're gonna ask for something just under two million dollars, right? Because they know they can get that much. And this is some sort of financial software that's out there; everybody can use it, and the bad guys are using it against you because you bought cyber insurance. And then the cyber insurance guys are whining that they're getting, they're paying too much in insurance. Well, stop telling everybody how much they've got. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so. I mean, it's it's a really interesting series, and I'll put a link up there for you. But basically, an inside guy in the Conti Revil gang was a Ukrainian. Well, he's a Ukrainian, and he turned on his friends from Russia. The Russians. That was beautiful. Ah, I love it. No honor among thieves. It's good. Um, so we'll keep that in mind. So as we wait, oh, 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 here we go. We've got a caller coming in here. Steve in Windsor has got a comment to make. What's happening, Steve? Good morning, Eric. Good, good morning. morning, Dennis. Hi. I was I was calling about the internet neutrality. Is there really such a thing, or is that just a loose term? Because don't we have this one area in Connecticut, in Glastonbury, which has supposedly the fastest in the country? And I thought neutrality was supposed to be equal all throughout. It's such a strange thing to me. And still, yeah. I, I have another question that I want to ask after you answer that. Okay, so net neutrality is basically a baloney uh, construct that I've talked about for probably half a decade. What they're trying to do with net neutrality is make they want to treat all packets on the network equally. Okay, Think of that in the terms of cars and trucks. Right, All the packets on the highway are supposed to go no more than 65 miles an hour. Right, If we had the police out there more often, they'd get the guys right. that are doing the 80 miles an hour. Yeah. But that's a whole other <laughs> issue. Um, they're trying to treat those packets equally. Um, however, voice packets and other types of packets need to be prioritized. That's called quality of service or QoS. So you need to create separate lanes to allow for those packets to go faster than regular packets because if they didn't, you would have poor service. So net neutrality was out there saying, well, if we don't have net neutrality, all the ISPs out there, all the internet providers are going to pick and choose those companies they want to allow to transmit data on their network and or charge them more if they they use more bandwidth, which I would contend that we do every day. If you look at tolls on the highway, you charge people to go through a certain internet connection or, or, or in this case, a highway. You charge them more. Net neutrality was going to say you can't do that. Well, if you get a Mack truck worth of data going down your pipe, you got to charge them a little more to do that than um, something else. So net neutrality was trying to act, was trying to solve a problem that didn't exist, and has not been in the case. So FCC chairman under Trump ended the whole thinking of net neutrality, and guess what? The internet didn't blow up. Yet we have more more censorship happening now, which net neutrality was trying to prevent, than we've ever had. And Um, and even as a sign that it's pretty much over, I mean. Even after Biden got into office and put his people into the FCC, you haven't heard anything about no, it. No, it, it, and it, I, in my opinion, it's a dead issue. Right. And as Eric said, it's kind of a thing that answers a problem that's not even there. Right. It goes back to the article it's, I had up earlier about uh, lawmakers not understanding technology. So it's not about how fast you are; it's about treating the packets on the network equally. Sounds really nice and fluffy. Of course, all packets should be treated equally, but no, that's not how it, that's not how the network works. So, what was your second question? Oh, wait, wait, wait! Just one little addition thing. Yeah. So it doesn't have anything to do with the content either, right? Well, that was what they were trying to say. Their net neutrality folks were going to say, well, the, if we don't have net neutrality, you know, let's say let's say Comcast is some left wing company, and they're going to say no no right wing packets can pass without some sort of 
fee, and then then you've got Cox is a left wing company and says no right, you know, back and forth. That's what they were trying to prevent against. It turns out the internet companies just want to sell you more bandwidth than you need. They don't care about throttling your your, <laughs> right. your your packets. They really don't. They only care about what you're doing that they can market that information to somebody else. So throttling was never something that the the internet companies had in mind. Only the legislators had some boondoggle straw man um, argument for net neutrality. It just sounded fuzzy and warm. Oh my gosh, that is so interesting. Mm. That is. Yeah. So my other question was, and. So I was without, Dennis probably doesn't know this, but I was without hearing for about five years. And I hadn't had the internet or cable or television or anything. And I just had my radio Mm -hmm. for about, you know, 10 or 12 years. And then I just got television and the internet and cable. And I was listening on the internet to a song. and And it was really cool because after you get your hearing back, you start to hear songs that you had heard 40, 50 years ago. I'm 56. And so I heard On the Run by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I had never really understood the lyrics at the Heathrow Airport in London, what was going on. And I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm going, oh my gosh, for the first time I'm hearing this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a commercial interrupted the song. And I said, what is going on here? Is this real yeah welcome they, to the so internet they, they interrupted two minutes long just for a commercial that's awful i'm sorry that's happened but welcome to the internet <laughs> well, my friend so disappointed but i was really surprised yeah oh. bad service bad streaming service i'm not sure what you were listening to but it could have yeah. been if it was youtube that could probably happen it could yeah i don't mind commercials and i in fact i really enjoy commercials but it was just the fact that it happened yeah at that time it was really it was just new to me well, it's cool you got your hearing back, Steve. Oh, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Music is a whole new deal. Especially, like I said, I never could hear what they were saying in that one tune yep. in um, On the Run. Gotcha. I, it was just a muffled sort of sound. Gotcha. Now you can hear it cleanly. Good. It's so cool. And I always enjoy hearing you. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. I'll talk to you sometime soon. All right. Very good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, but yeah, net neutrality has been a, a topic of this show yeah, for a long time. It's just something that doesn't really exist. No. They need to spend time on other things like poll neutrality, right? Equal access to our polls. That's really what needs to happen. It's yes. It's a 40-foot piece of wood. And you should you. I don't want it to look like Mumbai wiring out there where it's a crazy, <laughs> you know. No, but we can at least go ahead and put lots of fiber everywhere. Come on, guys. The year 2022, for crying out loud, or big wireless signals, whatever we got to do. But poll neutrality is what we need. Equal access to our polls. Let's go to uh, Jason in East Heartland. Hey, Jason. Good morning. Morning. I had a question. I'm um, in the market for a new laptop computer. I needed to run CAD program. Oh. My uh, existing laptop won't, won't run uh, extremely slow, so I, I need to upgrade. And just wonder what you recommend. Um. Uh, Eric can answer that, but I'm going to give you a marketing label that you might want to look for. Portable workstation. Mm -hmm. That's a marketing label that's often assigned to higher-end laptops and larger laptops that have dedicated video and and other features that you might look for. But go ahead. Yeah, look up the uh, HP ZBooks. Those are the uh, workstation-level laptops that we provide to anybody who's trying to do CAD 
on a laptop. It's going to have a nice NVIDIA graphics card. And then, of course, first look at your software. If you're using SolidWorks, if you're using Mastercam or whatever you're using, make sure you know the spec. So it's going to require probably an i7 or i9 processor. It's going to require 16 to 32 gigs of RAM. It's going to require solid-state hard drives. But the video card needs to be able to process whatever video you're processing so you don't have your 3D modeling take forever to render. Yeah, I know that SolidWorks has a website that will tell you what processors are compatible with it and which specific drivers will work with it. Right. I'm okay. I'm not quite familiar with things like AutoCAD, but I suspect Same that idea. they all have something like that. Yeah. And GPA yeah, I would something. check that out. That's what I'm running is TurboCAD is, um, okay. is the program that we run. Okay. All right. So look at the specs on the TurboCAD and that's that's all you need there. Yeah. Okay, and then look at portable um, the ZBook is what you recommend. Yeah, look at the HP okay. ZBooks. Our clients those have had are, good those luck. Those are really nice machines. All right, Jason, get okay. to go. It was confusing. I've been on the HP site, and they have stuff for anywhere from $600 to $3,000. So Think 3000 You're going to be closer to that 3000 than you want, but it's going to it's gonna serve you well if you do. All right, we got to go, Jason. All right, thank you. You got it. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll bye. be right back. All right, so guys, we've had a lovely show there this morning with you guys. Ran out of time. I want to thank all you guys for joining us. I want to thank uh, Joey and Tom for producing. Tom's still working on learning the show here. I might thank Mike for posting everything over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com. I want to thank you, Dennis. Remember, we want you to become geeks too. See you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.